0: Is there not an entire section on this stuff? I know that I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have I may have changed my mind about me for a time. Is your, your book for sale Yes. Let me tell you. 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 What have you ever asked God for forgiveness? I'm not sure I have I just
1: go in and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. This is
0: my vibe. What up? I got something to say. Hey what's up fam? Welcome to episode thirteen of Let Me Tell You. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm. So Uh, This week, it was kind of an interesting week, Uh, did a reaction video early on to um, Taylor Swift's uh, new song, um, telling all of us Christians we need to calm down, and uh, I experienced, well actually, I can't say I experienced my first uh, copyright claim. Uh, against one of my videos that had been blocked, but I experienced my first dispute. For the first time, I actually disputed one of these copyright claims. Usually, it's just a Rick Roll video, and I go ahead and just let them block it anyway. You're welcome. Um, for whatever reason, I really like Rick Rolls, um, so I've made quite a few of them. A few of them snuck through, but a few of them got caught in, as copyright claims and, and removed and blocked in every country. Um, pretty pretty serious stuff. But So we had our first uh, um, dispute with Taylor Swift, and obviously we have uh, won that dispute. Uh, fair use of the uh, use of her video because of commentary and so we did our review it is back up if you want to see it you can go to the youtube channel you can find it there i'll probably share it again on facebook now that it's not blocked and everyone can go and see it so it was my response to her video uh basically where she um (laughs) probably yeah the whole issue is Christians need to calm down, quit judging other people kind of thing. And, uh, all the while she's really kind of judging Christians, um, stereotyping us as rednecks and, um, uneducated, um, racist, you know, the whole nine yards, uh, essentially lumping us in with Westboro Baptist cult. And, uh, and yeah, so that was pretty interesting. It was, uh, you know um, I w- i'm glad that the the videos back up so people can go see it um, and again still here still talking about it not calming down uh, still a little irritated by the stereotype uh, i think I, I should do all of my videos in a southern accent it's, it's funny I'm, I'm finding it interesting that like taylor swift Uh, in this video, stereotype Christians as kind of backwoodsy, unkempt, uh, poor oral hygiene, uh, rednecks that can't spell right and, uh, kind of thing. And Quaku, uh, whatever he does his Christian imitation, they're all Southern too, um, which I don't know. Why, why is that? Uh, I'd like somebody to explain to me why any about time somebody uh, stereotypes a Christian, we all end up being rednecks. And I mean, I like Jeff Foxworthy. I'm, I have no problem being a redneck. Um, a good chunk of the his "you might be a redneck" jokes apply to me. So uh, <laughs> there you have it. So. Uh, That was the news for this week for us here. Us. I still say us. I don't know why we do this. I do. Why I do this royal we thing. It's me. I'm alone in a room uh, built uh, not to code in my basement. Uh, I'm just making myself sound bad. So we're just going to move on. So there you go. Uh, Dispute one. Taylor Swift reaction video is back up online, and then you can also see the quick, like, 15-minute, no-video version that I did afterwards just to get the reaction out there and to talk a little bit about it. So there are actually two videos dealing with Taylor Swift's uh, stereotyping of Christians um, on her new video, You Need to Calm Down. Out there, so yeah, go ahead and go check those out. Um, the other thing we kind of we took a trip this weekend. I got to go out and do a wedding uh, in Denver. Uh, so while we were there, we decided my wife and I we wanted to stop by Masterpiece Cake Masterpiece Cake Shop because, as I mentioned last week, lived back and forth from Utah to Colorado, and the majority of my life in Colorado, and never once had I been to Masterpiece Cake Shop, but yet. Apparently, he is like the only cake maker in Denver because everybody keeps showing up expecting him to make these cakes knowing he's not going to make the cake and uh, suing him for not making the cake when they know beforehand that he wasn't going to make it. So we wanted to stop by and and kind of share our support of uh, Jack uh, Phillips and the Masterpiece Cake Shop. And, of course, we... We get there, our luck, we get there, and he's closed for the weekend. Um, apparently opening up back up tomorrow. So if you're in Denver and you need a cake um, and it's not for a, a same-sex wedding, go visit Jack. Um, this is a guy, I'm, you know, I haven't met him. I don't know, but just watching what is going on and the fact that he is so willing to stand by his uh, beliefs and by his faith... I think we should go support this guy the same way we did with Chick-fil-A, the same thing. you know, go support sweet cakes by Melissa in Oregon. Uh, you know support these people who are, are going through these uh, lawsuits and issues with LGBT community because, simply because they're not willing to uh, provide services for those weddings. Again, none of these people, none of the people, um, I, I can't remember the lady's name, Baronelle something, uh, the uh, Washington florist. I used to know her name. I should have remembered it. Um, the Oregon florist, the photographer in uh, New Mexico, I believe there are a ton of people, Christian businesses who are being targeted specifically by, by the LGBT community trying to sue them because they won't do um, this specific wedding. But yet, they serve and have served the LGBT community for years before same-sex marriage became a thing and people started suing them because of it. So, none of these people refuse the LGBT community on a regular basis. None of them discriminate against them on the regular. It's only for one specific service that they will not serve, and that is for the wedding. And again, it is because they do not believe that those are valid events. They go against their beliefs. And I I catch fleck for this all the time. But it would be the same thing as going in and asking a Jewish baker to make a swastika cake for the neo-Nazis. Or going in and asking a gay baker to make a not-Adam-and-Steve cake for the Westboro Baptist cult. Or something to that effect going into a Muslim bakery and demanding that they make you a ham and cheese sandwich. You know, these are things that violate these people's beliefs. And again, I'm, I'm I, you know, I'm not saying it's okay to be Jewish or whatever, I'm not I'm not agreeing with those faiths, but I'm saying these people have the right to not violate their beliefs just as much as we have the right to preach the gospel to them and call them to repentance and hope that they get saved um, so but I just wanted to mention we tried, not like Jack's going to watch this at all, but we tried to come see you Jack, we wanted to I don't know if you even have anything that we could come in and, and just buy on you know, on a on any day, do you sell cupcakes, <laughs> Jack? Because um, we would have bought one when we were there, but you were closed. Bummer. We really just wanted to come and show our support. And so I'm urging you guys, if if you're in a city, or Portland, or Denver, or uh, whatever city, Baronel Stutzman, that's her name, I believe, is in in Washington, or any of the Go support these people as believers in Christ and watching these people. Same way we did for Chick-fil-A when they came under fire for uh, Truett Cathy's uh, beliefs about marriage. And they were supposedly going to be boycotted. And the Christian community showed up um, and said, we're going to come buy chicken. Chick-fil-A is right now the third largest restaurant in um, fast food restaurant in the world after McDonald's and Starbucks and they do it only operating 6 days a week. So that's something to be said that the support that we can provide for these people and I really would love to see people get in there and support um Jack Phillips and the Masterpiece Cake Shop out there in Denver. So um let him know that, that we're praying for him, hoping that I mean if if one of these, if this is the, what goes to the Supreme Court, this could be a huge issue for Christian liberty um, and for Christian business owners. So, the eyes of the world are, are kind of on this situation right now, and we're praying that, that this will come out positive for religious freedoms. So, with that, I wanted to the big thing I want to talk about this week again, I went out and I did a wedding um, in Colorado. Denver for some some really dear friends of mine and uh congratulations Mr. and Mrs. Higgins. Uh thank you for letting me be part of your day but um so yeah these these people this family right here I've done done weddings for all three daughters um a funeral and just really good friends a family that it means a lot to me. But the the really cool thing about going out there and doing this wedding this time um, over the, the years, uh, as my theology has tightened up, become more reformed, become more, uh, gospel centered, the way I do weddings has changed as well. So I got, and, and this probably, I w- would say that the, the best compliment I've ever gotten, on a wedding ceremony is when people will come up and the last few have been like this is when people will come up and say to me uh i really appreciated the amount of gospel that is in that uh that sermon that you did and so and the one guy that came up to me yesterday after the wedding and came up and we talked a lot he is reformed as well and um he was like i had to come talk to you about it because i knew where you kind of had to stand because of how much gospel was in there you know i mean and it's just obvious that the amount of gospel centered um speech inside of that that sermon kind of revealed where my theology was and he came up and and it was really cool because it's a a small world to to come together and and how you know as we got to talking about people that we listen to and um are influenced by we're talking about jeff durbin and james white and um doug wilson devotee balcom all these guys that, that we look at and we watch and we listen to and read and it was really cool but I got to thinking about it and I'm like, is it really that rare? Because I haven't been to a lot of weddings recently. The ones that I have been to have been done by either my pastor or other pastors that I know, but the majority of them are by guys who are pretty reformed in their theology. And so they're all full of the gospel. And uh, so I got to wonder, and so as we were driving home today, and my wife did a lot of the driving because if she's not driving, she gets car sick. So it's a a benefit to me. Um, I get to just kind of hang out and uh, look at my phone and uh, entertain my daughter. But I spent a lot of time looking up just like, and, and you'd be amazed at how easy you can get wedding ceremonies they're all over the place just look up standard wedding ceremony and you can just cut and paste and change the names and and you got it but i'm reading some of these and it's all fluff a wedding ceremony is a prime opportunity to share the gospel with people who need to hear it because one you've got a captive audience and I don't know anybody who's going to get up and walk out of a wedding um, because they're not there for you, pastor. They're there for their friends that are being married, so they're they're going to tolerate listening to. I mean, I know there were people that were there at this wedding who were probably offended by things that were in the sermon, but I cannot be concerned about that because I have a a calling. And that is to preach the gospel. Yeah, I was there to marry Jack and, and Emily and be the officiant and sign off and make everything legal and good to go. Uh, but anytime I am afforded the opportunity to stand up in front of a group of people, many of whom are probably not going to be saved, my job as a believer, as a elder, as a pastor... Is to preach the gospel and that's what I did and that's what I do I try to do in every wedding that I do the gospel is there because that's what a wedding is God ordained it and originated it and orchestrated it to be a picture of the gospel to be a a, a parable a living parable of Christ and his church Husband and wife and and Christ and bride. And that is a picture of what it's supposed to be. So as I am there and I'm giving charges to this couple. I am there to say you husband. You are to be the, the picture of Christ in your marriage. Which means you give up everything for your bride. Christ's bride to purify her it cost him everything he laid down his life to be able to to present a bride without blemish and husbands that's what you're called to do you are called to be willing to lay down your life for your wife for your bride as a picture of the gospel and and wives you are called to submit and honor the husband that is the the spiritual head of the household and again i always make sure that i explain that 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 submission is not your 50 shades of gray bondage and and domination submission it is giving yourself to it is uh changing identities that's why the names change in a wedding is because you're literally changing an identity to identify as somebody else under the headship of a a a new husband. You know, you're no longer under the headship and the authority of your father in your father's home and you're coming under the authority of a new figure that is is there to represent Christ in the relationship. And you are now identifying there. It's we identify in Christ. It's why we talk about when we call LGBT people or adulterers or liars or murderers or thieves or you name the, the sin. When we call them to repentance, we would never call somebody a lying Christian. Well, yeah, you know, he's, he's a lying Christian. Um, he's a, he's a, a thieving Christian. Why do we call people gay Christians? If you are repenting of a sin and putting your faith in Jesus and attaining a new identity under the person of Christ, under the Lordship of Christ, you don't identify as any other thing. We don't have black Christians. We don't have gay Christians. We don't have adulterous Christians. We don't have murdering Christians. We have Christians who have been these things, and yeah, of course, if you're if you're black, you're still black, but we don't find our identity in that. Our first and foremost identity is found in Christ. Now, again, it doesn't mean, and I don't want to get too far off onto issues of social justice and stuff like that, which uh, kind of came uh, up again today, yesterday and today on Twitter between uh, James White and a couple of people. Surprise, surprise! Um, I love you, Doctor White, and I and I'm, I have no problem with people, you know, who are uh, controversial in the things that they, they they post because it brings up conversation. Um, I didn't find anything wrong with the the tweet that that Doctor White posted, um, but I do can I can see where people would find other issues with it. So that's a different thing because again being black isn't a sin we're talking about sin but we also you know we don't we should not identify by our independent races or ethnicities either Um, our whole identity changes um, under Christ and maybe that adding that in wasn't a good place to add it in because it may have given the impression that being black was sinful no that's not what I meant sorry if if it came across that way Um, but we don't find our identity in our race we don't find our identity under any kind of sin we find our identity in Christ and everything else flows out of that it's why my identity is found in Christ it's why I'm willing to potentially offend people by preaching a gospel in a situation where obviously in today's day and age it doesn't happen it is not done to the extent that it should be we are we are not seeing pastors or professed uh clergy who get up in front of a wedding ceremony are not calling um husbands and wives to look like a picture of the gospel excuse me to look like a picture of christ in his church they're just up there to, to say a few fluffy little things and and make it all romantic and, and happy and stuff and send them on their way. But no, I mean, it's such an opportunity. You know, I talk about sin and I talked about repentance and I talked about, um, you know, forgiveness between a husband and wife because, again... Is two sinners coming to live together under one roof and you have to understand that your your spouse is going to sin against you and how do you respond to that especially if you're dealing with a believing spouse you know, um, if you are both believers and I don't do a whole lot of weddings for people who aren't both believers I have done them in the past and I've gotten some, some flack from people about uh, helping somebody become unequally yoked that's another topic for another time as well. But I don't do that often. I've only done it once or twice, and it's generally been for family members. Um, and so, yeah, maybe that is something I need to repent of. But it's done, it's over with. And uh, so, I don't again, I don't do those very often. But when you're dealing with two believers, you're dealing with sin that has already been uh, laid upon Christ on the cross. So how do you try to hold your your spouse's sin against them as they've sinned against you? You can't punish them because you're putting yourself in a place that God wouldn't even put himself in. Because that sin has already been punished on Christ if your spouse is a believer. If not, then that sin should be punished upon your spouse on the day of judgment. You are not there to punish you're there to love your spouse for better or for worse or richer or poorer and forgive sin show grace especially if it if it's an unbelieving spouse you need to show grace as much as possible now again we can get into topics about abuse and stuff like that if you're in a an, an abusive relationship with a, a a spouse that is abusing you get out because one i mean that's a that's a a sin and a crime and you should not be in underneath that and putting up with that. You know, uh, husbands having headship over their, their families does not give them a license to be domineering or Lord it over their family. um, Any more than submitting is not a um, domineering thing either. It is giving yourself to one another. It is taking responsibility for your family, but it's not abusive. Anytime that, that is abused, get out. If you're in a physical or a sexual or even a, an emotionally abusive relationship, get away from it immediately. Get somewhere where you're safe and then take uh, um steps to whether it's counseling whether whatever it is that it has to be done and again the only time the bible gives uh justification for divorce is when one spouse has committed adultery has violated the marriage covenant and that is when um divorce is okay god doesn't say he hates divorce and so we never recommend divorce we recommend christian counseling um Finding a way to reconcile, and if it just can't be reconciled, then separation. And I've seen that situation in many different uh, scenarios. Um, And it is always the uh, advice that I give. I've never once advised anybody uh, for divorce, ever. Um, And have had a few people that I know who have been divorced who I have... uh, called them to the point to say you know you need to repent uh, and before you move on to marry someone else you need to do what can be done to reconcile um, and repent for that and so all that being said (laughs) a wedding ceremony I can't imagine why I mean it's such a, a an easy thing to, to bring the gospel in that situation because it's right there that's what it's all about i mean weddings and funerals are the the ultimate place to preach the gospel if you are a believing uh, pastor i can't imagine why you would not take these opportunities to share the gospel i mean the potential of somebody actually the holy spirit saving somebody at a wedding ceremony is is amazing because they're you're having an audience drawn in for you someone is literally sending out invitations to say come see my my uh fiance, my best friend and i become married and hear the gospel pastors please take these opportunities to share the gospel with people do what we've been called to do and that is to preach the word in season and out of season You know, we have a hope and the Bible tells us to, to, to be ready to give a reason for the hope that we trust in and rely in. And I butchered that verse too, but you know, you you all know what I'm talking about, uh, we have these opportunities and literally when we are standing in front of a a funeral or a wedding it is a prime place to share the gospel and let the holy spirit do what the holy spirit does and draw people in to uh to a place of repentance and repentance and salvation in christ because you don't often get an opportunity like that i mean you can go out and you can do, I, I love one of the things that Mark Cahill says, um, when when Satan throws a party in our town, uh, we show up. So, you know, when pride is there or any of these other just huge festivals that are, are all um, just, uh, uh, an excuse to sin you can go out there and you can you can go and, and preach and do that but you'll never have an opportunity like you will for a, a non-hostile crowd like a wedding or a funeral because these are people that are coming in essentially with an expectation of some kind of uh, message about God and about what these things are and those of us who have the truth, and I'm, I'm, I know that there are a lot of places. Utah, you can jump online and get any ordination and do a wedding. And Utah's not very specific about their their laws, as some other states are, like Oregon. You'd think Oregon would be one of the most liberable, liberal, liberable, liberal, liberal, uh, liberal wedding law states, but they're very strict um, on who and and when somebody can can do a wedding las vegas if you are not licensed in the state you cannot perform a wedding in the state you know this is a place where you can get a wedding in a drive-through but yet i couldn't go and just go in as a an ordained pastor and do my cousin's wedding in reno because there's all kinds of paperwork and stuff you have to jump through but so i know that there are a lot of places where where it's not actually a believing pastor um It's just somebody with a piece of paper that says they can officiate a wedding. But if you are in that place, if you're a pastor and you have the opportunity to stand in front of a a crowd, a congregation of wedding guests or funeral guests, preach the gospel. You'll never get an opportunity like that as easy as that. I guess, until the next wedding that you do. So you may get a few opportunities like that, but it'll never be that easy. Um, people who have been invited to come and listen to it. So pastors, I, I do, I just encourage you, uh, you know. and if you want to read some just horrifying stuff, just look up wedding ceremonies online and go read some of the things that people have actually stood in front of these congregations and preached Um it's kind of sad it is really a sad state of affairs but i mean look at our culture and what we've just talked about earlier tonight and it it kind of makes sense that that's where we're at but if we're going to be salt and light we're going to be that salt and we're going to be that preservative to try to hold on to and maintain a, a level of uh i don't know what word i'm looking for um a standard of morality in this nation then we need preaching pastors to step out and preach the gospel especially when they're doing weddings and funerals and other Christians you know if you're at a wedding and you're invited to come you have an opportunity to share the gospel with people as as well because we're all called to do the work of an evangelist so uh, again as always preach the gospel at all times use words They are necessary. And until next week, Soli Deo Gloria.